There's something curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal. 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 Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra. It's the first TGP Nominal Extra of 2021. Actually, it's the first any kind of TGP Nominal of 2021. So that basically means we've got a sky guide. And there's one person we need in the fold to be able to do that, and that is Ross Ockham. Happy New Year, sir. And to you, it's me again. I'm still here. Got through Christmas, just about. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a bit weird, hasn't it? Well, it's nice in a way to have to see the family, but... (laughs) On your own for like four days with your missus, just kind of like, what should we do today? I don't know. What should we do tomorrow? I don't know. (laughs) Have a a drink? Have something to eat? Yeah, all right. What should we do next day? Have a drink? Have something to eat? Yeah, all right. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Oh man, we had so many Zoom calls. I made the mistake of messaging. I thought, well, let's message everyone, see who wants to do them. There's like six a day. We put all these games and things in and all this stuff just in case we were going to be bored and picked all the movies we are going to watch. And we ended up doing barely any of them because we ended up just sitting there drinking with friends on Zoom, which is a bit weird, but it works. Yeah, I had a a bit of a situation because Christmas Day I was on my own. I thought, I know, Um, I'll send my folks a text and say, is it all right to to Skype you guys because I don't like just Skyping them willy-nilly and I get one word message back from my dad saying no (laughs) but at least he's direct dad doesn't like texting (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there was no explanation or anything so I got a bit disgruntled so that's great (laughs) thank you anyway the reason for it was my mum was on my phone to my auntie trying to sort out another family situation and dad didn't explain any of that and about an hour later I get a phone call back from my mum apologising for my dad's abruptness <laughs> oh you got to love him haven't you <laughs> Christmas day was just a normal day a boxing day was Christmas day <laughs> and then a couple of days later I had my boxing day meal so it was all a bit a ski with just sums it up really doesn't it yeah to be fair it doesn't make much difference to me because I do shifts because I'm a firefighter quite often I'm working Christmas so I think last year it was the 28th I had Christmas day everyone's like you're so weird and I was like why you can do it any day doesn't matter well the good thing is when you're doing it on the 28th the pub's fully open all day yeah <laughs> so we always take a load of board games me and the wife go down the pub play board games, have a few drinks, chill out, then come back and do dinner. They know you so well that you've got your own space. <laughs> and I'm surprised yeah. you haven't got your names on the seats. I know, it sounds like I'm an alcoholic now. <laughs> You're not far off, to be fair. I've been down the pub. The last time I went was September, and then before that, who knows? But it was really weird because you had to book like a two-hour slot in September and kind of sit there, because we got on with the landlady and everyone like that, and we chat to them. But they're really not allowed close to you and all that. I'd rather go home, get a bottle of wine. <laughs> the whole public experience had disappeared. I remember you going that day because you, you put a little video thing. You're like, I'm going down the pub. Yeah. And, and you looked a bit scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about that video. Yeah, it was me walking to the pub, wasn't it, with the wife. And I was like, we're going down the pub. So I'm going down the pub. I, I thought I would have done scared. <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, bless them. Yep, yeah, funny old year. Well, hopefully this year, I don't, well, 
They say it can't be any worse, but we're going into this year pretty much in lockdown, whereas as opposed to last year when we... Yeah, there is there is talk that we might have another full-on lockdown like the one in March 2020 Yeah, uh, for a bit. But we will survive. Yeah, I mean, it's strange that all the cases seem to be gone up in certain areas, but we're still getting that spirit that's um, helped people out and, and stuff, Yeah, which is re- really good. I think people got a little bit miffed over Christmas, didn't they? Just because you've got three days, you can go and see your families and do this, do that. And then suddenly, like, what was it, a few days before? No, Christmas is cancelled. Everyone made the most of it in the end, didn't they? That's it. Because they adjusted the tier system, didn't they? Because they, they brought yeah. in another tier. Tier four. Which uh, I put a, put a little post up saying, you know, I feel like I've just eaten this really depressing wedding cake. In a space of a week, I've got through three tiers. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because obviously not being able to see a lot of the family, I, I didn't have um, many presents to open at all. What I did have, though, because of that was a healthier bank balance because they all sent me checks. So when things start to open up again, I can go to some of the places that I, I used to go to to spend my Christmas money. Yeah. I mean, I probably could do it online, but I'd, I'd prefer to help out local places yeah. rather than go online and do stuff. Just remember, if you do go online, Amazon Smile. UK Astronomy is a registered charity on there, so you'll be giving a little bit back. Plug that. Had to be done, <laughs> didn't it? Everything that I bought for Christmas, I was like, oh, one of his on Amazon Smile. Yes! The charity gets a bit back. In the lead-up to Christmas, I, mean, I, I know you've been doing a few online events. Yeah. You, you did the Star of Bethlehem. We did, yeah. So how did that go? Oh, it went really well. So, so it was Ruth from uh, Aylesbury Council who kind of like asked us to do it. So I did a little half an hour of the Star of Bethlehem. And what are the chances that there just happened to be a very close conjunction around the same time as I was talking about the Star of Bethlehem, which was a very close conjunction. But it was cloudy for me, so I didn't get to see it. Jupiter and Saturn were going to be really close together. And then it was cloud. In fact, I think out of the, the whole of the UK, everyone in the Facebook group, I think maybe two people saw it at the very sort of brink of Scotland, right on the very edge at the top, maybe. But I didn't get to see any of it, unfortunately. But Star of Bethlehem talks. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Because it's a talk I don't often do, because obviously you can only do it around a certain time of year. So I really enjoyed talking about that. Everyone on there seemed to enjoy it. I think we were fully booked, weren't we? There's like 100 people. Mm-hmm. Each one's a Zoom call. Usually get like 40, 50% if you're lucky actually turn up, especially as it was a free one. But bless her, Ruth to send an email out before reminding them because apparently there was a waiting list as well for it. So anyone that couldn't do it, she was going to then email the ones to try and get them on it. So it was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. Nice comments. And then I did a little uh, sky guide. So I actually got the Stellarium up, which is a planetarium sort of app. Showed people what they could have seen if it wasn't cloudy. I did get up and go to them. I'm just going to look out my window and see if it's clear. <laughs> and it wasn't. And then after that, I did a little Science of Santa, which is quite fun, because it builds up to maybe Santa isn't real, and then you can see all the parents' faces start, uh-oh, he's going to say it, isn't he? And my kids are watching. But then I go, he's an astrophysicist that can bend time, space, and has gravity-defying reindeer and all this stuff. <laughs> I think for future years, I might have to dig out... I, I did a little garbage pod extra about NORAD track Santa. Yeah, because I popped it up. Christmas I had it on all day although we went all the way down Norway and everything like that 
skipped us, went to France and Germany. I was like, where are you going, dude? I've never seen him actually come to the UK. I, I was sitting there trying all day to watch to find out when he was actually going to be in the UK. I did a screen grab just as he was going over Letchworth. That was so cool. When was that? What time was it? About 11.45. Oh, no wonder I didn't see it. I think I was a little bit pickled by then. <laughs> <laughs> They used to get celebrities in to do the voiceovers uh, when it goes over each country. So it was a voice that people are familiar with. This is Jonathan Ross for Noed Tracks Santa. Santa has just left North Africa and the Canary Islands and entered Great Britain. That's England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales. Now Noed has given me control of a Santa cam and I've been able to capture these great images of Santa passing over London. Noed's analysis shows that Santa is on time and should be crossing the Atlantic Ocean very soon. Wishing everyone a very Merry Christmas. This is Jonathan Ross for Noed Tracks Santa. Oh, excellent. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed, well, didn't enjoy 2020, but made the most of it, if you know what I mean. So, roll on 2021, eh? Yeah, exactly. See what's going to happen. So, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to go straight into what Ross is here for. The Sky Guide for January 2021. Space is the distance between our home here on Earth and the billions of stars and galaxies in the skies above us. Space is the distance between people, a person on a continent far away or your neighbor down the street. It's the physical distance between loved ones, between us and the world around us. Space is also where our kinships form and grow, like gravity between the stars. In space, what separates us can unite us. It's where we meet challenges and grow stronger together as we strive to understand the world around us and the worlds above us. And in that journey, we begin to understand who we are, to ask ourselves why we cross the oceans and reach out toward distant planets and send our songs 13 billion miles into the great beyond and hope that someone is listening. Space reminds us that in the distances that separate us are the challenges that define us. Challenges we face together and that we accept together. We choose to go to the moon. Challenges that cannot be postponed. Challenges that we can win. Wherever we find shelter, we are together. This is TGP Nominal. So, Ross, what have we got in store for January? Oh, here we go. Most people are kind of down and depressed in January because all the festivities are over and then they know they've got to go to work or back to school. But I love it because it starts off with a really nice meteor shower, which I'll go into in a second. But first of all, on the second, funnily enough, the Earth reaches its closest point to the sun, which we always say is a bit weird because it's still cold. But you'd think being close to the sun would be warm. But it's known as the perihelion, or helion, and it's when our planet reaches its closest point in our orbit to Sol, which is the name of our sun. Although we're still going to be about 147 million kilometres away, as opposed to 152 million, 
at its farthest. It won't mean there's really going to be any change in temperature due to the UK because the Earth is tilted, we're kind of tilted away and it's more to do with weather patterns and more to play you know, with the sort of cold and what's all been dragged down from the north towards us. I'm no weather expert, but that's my kind of gist on it. So we're still going to be experiencing winter, I'm afraid, for a little while. All you may notice is if you've got a telescope with a certified filter, I must add, because remember, never look at the sun, it'll burn your eyes out. So if you've got a certified filter, all you might notice is the diameter of the sun will appear slightly bigger. That's about it. But it's still quite cool to think actually we're at the nearest point to the sun in our winter. So an odd start to the year, but it happens every year. And then moving on to the third, that's when the nice meteor shower peaks. Now this is the lesser known one for some reason. So it's going to be kind of like a small build up between the nights of the second and the third to the third and the fourth. So from the second across to the third that night, and then from the third across to the fourth that night, there's going to be more meteors around this sort of area of the sky. They peak on the third during the day which we won't be able to see. So there's a good chance that both nights in between we'll get a chance to see and they're, they're meant to be quite swift meteors. And it's the quadranted meteors. Unfortunately, there is a moon in the way, so it may wash some out, as we know. They're going to radiate from between constellations. It's kind of in between four constellations. So I'd say find the plough. I call it a saucepan. So follow the saucepan down the handle to the last star on the plough or the handle and watch kind of just below around that area. It's kind of around there. So your eyes pick up a good field of view. So they're going to see any meteors that fly from around there. But that's kind of around where they're going to be going. It's about 120 an hour, they say. But in history, they said that it has boosted like 600 so you never know, but I don't I don't think you're ever going to see that much. And if we do, brilliant. But <laughs> with a moon in the way, you know, you might see 60, 70 if you're lucky, hopefully. They boast to be as good, if not better, than the well-known Perseids in August. And also they're in the winter, so it's darker skies. But no one really knows about them because I think usually it's cold, it's dark, no one wants to go out. Whereas in August, it's, oh yeah, get the blankets out nice and warm, sit and watch some meteors. So yeah, second, third, third, fourth, if you're up and about, have a look out. Might see some cool meteors flying about. The reason why it's called the Quadrantids because, well, there's four. Four different constellations that it's in conjunction with. So four is a quad. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because most are actually, they say it's within a constellation, but that one is slap bang in the middle. Sort of like, what was it, like Hercules, Plough, which is Ursa Major, uh, I think Boots as well. And it's kind of just in the middle of nowhere. You know, shooting stars, they go everywhere, don't they? They fly from that all around the sky, so... One of my local groups, somebody put up a post saying, I saw this thing in the sky. It shot across the sky faster than a plane. I don't know what it was. It was going from, I think they said it was from east to west. I think they said it was going that way. And it was about, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. So is it just getting darkish or? Yeah, it was. It would have been yeah. dark by then. Yeah. So I put it in the group saying, is there any meter showers around at the moment? Could it be the Geminids? Mm -hmm. And Will popped up and said it's probably the Quadrantids. So I went back in the group and put the information that I know about it in there and they were like, oh, yep. that's great, fantastic. I always get that. My wife tags me in all sorts of things. She's on, you know, all over Milton Keynes and Olney, notice boards and Facebooks and things. And quite often I get a notification. I'm like, what's she tagged me in now? Usually it's something to do with pigs or shoes, but... <laughs> <laughs> quite often I get a Ross Hocker might be able to help you out and I'm like, then you read up and it's just a random person in a group saw something or is asking you're like oh cool yeah let's try and figure it out so yeah yeah keep a look up because as, as Bart says you never know what you're going to see when could be you know anything if we move on to the sixth we've got a, a cliff line on the moon so if you look to the moon on that night there's a cool feature known as the rupees rector 
Its name is Latin for straight cliff, and it can be found in the southeastern part of the Mare Nubium, or Nibian, however you want to say it. I like Nubium. It's known better as the straight wall, and it's a, uh, it's a linear fault line. There's also some nice mountainous areas around there for you to see as well. Let's have a look there. It's quite a prominent line that goes right down across the Mare. And yeah, so it's a fault line that's gone across there. That's really cool to see. I have seen it. It does stick out quite a bit, so hopefully you can't miss it. Moving on to the ninth. And we have another conjunction of planets. Nowhere near as good as last month's, if you got to see it. Unfortunately, I didn't because it was cloudy. But, you know, you win some, you lose some in this game. So just after sunset, if you look towards the sort of southwest, you need a low horizon. You should be able to spot the planets Jupiter and Saturn again. And this time, there'll be a small Mercury. And they'll be forming sort of like a, a tight triangle. So quite a small, tight triangle in the sky. It's going to be around about 30 minutes after sunset. So you'll need a clear horizon, as I said, because they are quite low. So something you can see over the next few days. So if we move on to the 10th, you've got the moon then meets a star. And a last chance to see the conjunction again. So on the 10th, a thin moon, it's going to be a very thin moon, is going to greet those early birds in the morning to the southeast. And right near it will be the red star Antares, below left of the moon. You may even spot a cheeky Venus popping up as well around about 7 o'clock to their left. So if you're up in the morning, you might see all of that. Now, Antares is often mistaken as the planet Mars to some observers. It does have a really cool red sort of glow to it. We call it Antares. Yeah. The reason for that is there is a spacecraft called an Antares. It used to be made by a company called Orbital ATK, and now it's made by a company called Northrop Grumman. So like the intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they provide rockets that send capsules up to the space station for resupply and all that kind of stuff. That's what I love about them. They all name stuff after all the stuff in the sky. Yeah. In the evening, on the same day, if you have a chance, again, it's going to be the conjunction. They're going to be an even tighter triangle of yesterday's planets before uh, they set. So just as the sun sets, they're going to be even tighter. I think Saturn's moved across a little bit as it goes. So it's another chance to see the conjunction in the afternoon. move on to the next morning you've got the moon and venus becoming close so the moon has now moved past and Taurus is kind of to its right so an hour or so before sunrise you could spot a very thin moon again a nice crescent and it's going to be just next to sort of goddess of beauty to her right so as it moves away from the star Antares towards the sun there's another chance to see the morning's conjunction and this afternoon as well as i said those three planets are going to be quite close tonight as well the longer it goes, the harder they're going to be seen because they're going to get lower and lower. So by the 14th is probably your last chance, I'd say, to see the afternoon conjunction. And there's going to be a thin moon as well. Around about 35 minutes after sunset, go and have a look there. Hopefully it won't be cloudy every single day to see it, but it'd be quite cool. So if you get a nice high vantage point and look down on a nice low horizon, you should see all the planets there. Fingers crossed. And Mercury's quite hard to see because it's close to the sun. If we jump forward to the 20th, you're going to see the famous X and V. So around 7 o'clock, 
if you've got a telescope, possibly binoculars, have a look at the moon and you might be able to spot there's an X and a V where the shadow from the sun going across the moon creates a kind of illusion as it glances across the tips of some craters. It looks like there's a nice X in the shadow which is called the Terminator. I'll be back. Moving to the 21st, the moon has now reached Mars. So the God of War Mars is just to the top right of the just past half moon, being the evening sky, although it's still bright, well this is Mars, the moon's usually always bright, it's still quite bright, it's hard to make out any details on Mars itself, so the planet, unless you have a modest scope and possibly a moon filter might help dim down the brightness a bit. They do say from what I've read in the magazines that you can see its darker features like its planes and things against the lighter red over the month, but I had a look the other day of my 10 inch Dobby about a month or so ago, I couldn't really see any details, but it might be there's a bit of humidity in the air because it was quite a little bit of fog going on. But yeah, have a look. You never know what you might see on Mars. It's a good time to spot it. If we move to the 24th, now this is the best time to see Mercury because it reaches its greatest eastern elongation in the afternoon, meaning it'll be at its furthest point from the sun in our skies before heading back towards it. After sunset, have a look sort of to the southwest and it should be visible for around two hours, hopefully. And as it only takes about 88 days to orbit the sun, it will quite quickly move back and then become a morning object later, maybe next month or something like that. So good chance to see it on the 24th. Last but not least, there is a nice finisher. The moon occults M35, which is an open cluster in Gemini. So around about 11 p.m., the nearly full moon will start to slowly drift across this open cluster in Gemini. The cluster actually holds a globular cluster too. So you've got an open cluster and a globular cluster there. That's known as NGC 2058. So if you have a pair of binoculars or a wider field eyepiece, or maybe a two inch one or something like that, get a nice wide field on your telescope. You may see all three there. As I said, there is a full moon, so it may wash the clusters out a bit, but you should be able to see them both hopefully. And it will slowly drift across and blot out a few of the stars that are on it. Now, we have three sights to see. One of them's a bit of a challenge, I'm going to admit. So we've now got our naked eye sight. So what can you see with just using your eyes? From the 15th onwards, look out for the Earth shine. Because we're in darker skies, being January, the reflected light from Earth radiates back, lighting up the shadowed side of the moon. So if you get the right conditions over the next few days from the 15th, or early evenings when the moon is about, have a look at the moon, it will look really cool because you have a nice thin lit crescent. The shadow bit will be slightly lit up by Earth's reflected light. So you're going to see the whole moon then. So, you know, it's a really good picture. You can get it with your phone as well. I've done it. So you'll be able to see actually the whole moon, even though only part of it's lit up. So that's something you can do with just your eyes. You can look out and see if you can find that, hopefully. Now we move on to the binocular challenge. And this is a bit of a challenge because, as we always like to say, Uranus is up. <laughs> And although it's past its kind of best from a couple of months, it can be found just below Mars at the moment. So it's a bit easier to find than just trying to find, I'm going to say Uranus now, stop people giggling, Aww. in the sky randomly because it can be quite dim. But they're saying that apparently with a pair of decent 10 by 50 binoculars, so if you've got a steady hand in a nice sky, so don't do it in the middle of Milton Keynes like me, go somewhere where it's a bit darker. You should be able to see the gas giant. It's in the constellation of Aries, and as I said, it's below the God of War Mars. So have a look around that area, and you might see what I like to say is like a blue marble. It'll be quite small, floating there. Use Stellarium to help you find it, because you can star hop from Mars down to find it. I'm probably going to have a go, because I don't think I've ever seen it with binoculars. I've seen it with a telescope. But if they say you can, then you can. Right, on to the last but not least. 
Telescope time. So what is my object for this month? Well, it's the leftovers of a supernova. So in the 1600s, Chinese astronomers were very good at everything they saw in the sky they actually wrote down. And we've got all that today to have a look through. And they said that they reported seeing what they called a guest star, which is a supernova. And it was meant to be so bright that it could be seen in the daytime sky. And it lasted a few days. The remnants of this huge explosion can now actually be seen in our night sky. And it's known as the Crab Nebula. So this is the leftovers from the supernova that the Chinese astronomers saw in the 1600s. Known as Messier 1, which is quite easy to find, or NGC 1592. It can be found if you follow the line from Aldebaran, or Aldebaran, however you want to say it. So it's pretty much Taurus, where the V is of Taurus the ball. There's a random line that goes the opposite sort of way to the line that goes up to the Pleiades, and that goes to the left, and there's just one little lone star. It almost seems like the star's miles away on its own but it's still part of the constellation if you follow that down to there it's literally right around that star above Betelgeuse in Orion and yeah you'll, you'll get to see with a telescope what the astronomers think looks like a misty white shaped crab's head that's the kind of shape it has and that's the leftovers of this supernova that happened all these years ago and it contains all the elements to build new planets stars and life so hopefully lots to do in January and happy new year so talking of the new year, have you got anything planned? Any online stuff or? Well, nothing online yet, but I have a few schools that want me to talk to them and go in. But judging by how it's going at the moment, I have said to them that what we can do is we can do Zoom calls instead. And hopefully I can do it straight to the school. And then we're going to try and do it through a TV screen to the kids in the class. Well, that'd be cool. That's, that's what we're trying to do. We'll see how it goes, because as you know, technology and figuring it all out, but quite a few schools seem to be up for it and i have promised after the star of bethlehem talk people have said oh that was brilliant can you do more talks for us can you do more things something to do with astro archaeology or something and that's to do with what people saw in the stars in the olden days and then they built things like stonehenge and stuff like that and the mayans and all that built things to actually represent what was going on in the skies mm-hmm and they wanted to talk about that. So I thought, that's quite interesting. I like a bit of history and a bit of astrology thrown in because that's, you know, the culture of what people interpreted the skies to be. But yeah, I think I might be doing that one, hopefully. Have a little look through. So yeah, if we're in lockdown, I think I'm just going to start doing some more talks. So I'm going to write some new talks, maybe about half hour's worth. Just little talks that people can jump onto, learn something, I'll learn something. So yeah, watch this space. Fingers crossed there'll be more out there. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So, Ross, we've come to the end of another packed Sky Guide for the month. Pleasure having you on the show as always. Yeah, thank you for having me as always. It's always nice to have a good chat, especially when I can't see you. It's probably been about a year since we last actually. When did we last? Donna, you popped to see the van. Back in September, so that's been. September. Uh, five months coming up yeah yeah been so. a while when the pub's open again we'll have to go there and just two drunken astronomers or something <laughs> that'll be fun <laughs> see what happens hopefully we're going to get another tgp nominal out before the end of january as uh, john mentioned in the 
Christmas crossover, we haven't done any sci-fi stuff for a little while, so it might be a little bit Star Wars related, based around the announcements that um, Lucasfilm has made about all this influx of TV shows that are coming out regarding Star Wars. It might be about that. Not 100% sure yet. Got to arrange the time with John, because as as you know, reality creeps in and, and it's not always easy to set up a recording session so we'll see what goes on with that for the meantime stay safe out there thanks for listening and i'll speak to you again real soon clear skies and remember there's a billion worlds in your back garden well that about wraps it up for this episode of tgp nominal if you want to get in touch with us then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com where your input is our output or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com if you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts you can do so via itunes the rss feed and also stitcher and tune in on demand radio and you can listen to me going solo bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org don't forget to rate and review us if you like what we're doing here then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages and don't forget to spread the word about us station this is houston acr thank you that concludes the event